the button is pressed. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, and wherever all those good books are being talked about. I'm Caitlin, joined by my awesome co-hosts, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And we're back. Back with a series the people have asked us for. The world has spoken, and they've been speaking about it for like almost a year now. Full year. That's right, baby. We are talking Crescent City. Beow, 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 beow. Woo. <laughs> oh, stop. Don't you. Don't you. You stop pretending you didn't like it for one second. Hey, I, I liked it, but the hype, I don't know. We'll talk about it. I don't know it. if it was the hype. I think it's just like we just really needed you to catch up, get on the same like page as gotta, us. Yeah. I'm caught up. Well, just kidding. I haven't well, read no. Crescent City too. but. She's finally there. I Guys, already told you. We you did it. You have to record your face when you read the end of Crescent City too. Yeah. Yes. You guys are going to have to tell me like what percent it is so I can stop yeah. myself, put on the phone. Put on yeah. something cute because, you know, I look like a straight up troll usually when I'm reading <laughs> with baby spit up and probably poop on me. So you got to warn me so I can look well, comfortable for the, the people. cutest troll I've ever seen. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> Thanks. I don't say no like that trolls. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So people, thank you so much for flooding our DMs and – Anyone, anytime we mention Crescent City, everyone would be like, Bridget has to read it. So we can now proudly say Bridget has read it. She's got thoughts and feelings to share with us, and we're excited to get into it. But before oh. we do. Oh, wait. Oh, go it's ahead. 98%. Oh, Chapter 78, 98%. So you mean to tell me that all the shit that goes down no, that no, everybody no. talks about is only 2% long? No, no, no. No. It's well, so – it's good – and then there's something else that happens. A cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. Just, it's a cliffhanger. Your mind. Yeah. But not like a Twisted Sisters bad cliffhanger where you're like, oh my God, I cannot go on without knowing what happens. You're just like, oh my God, did that actually happen? And you're just yes. like. Yes. I feel like it has to be something about the reveal of their heritage. J- don't. You've made it this far. Just don't skip ahead. I, yeah, okay. you guys have to yourself. be impressed about how good I, I was about I'm dodging imp- spoilers. And I am impressed with everyone who has DM'd us, and it has been spoiler-free. No one has spilled the beans. I so appreciate everyone's love and fandom for this experience that everyone has to go through this rite of passage of <laughs> reading what happens. Um, That's so, love. That's book love. bestie love. Thanks. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I still remember when book two came out and it was going around TikTok that somebody had released the ending. Oh, yeah. People were up. pissed. And people were super pissed. I remember we talked about it and we we're like, if we run into it, we run into it. I'm not going to actively look for it, but I'm also not going to actively like shield myself from it. Right. And then I'm so glad that I didn't run into it. And again, I'm still super impressed that Bridget I don't know, 18 months later, <laughs> has still like not run into this. This it is one of those bad. defining moments where you're like, I remember where I was. <laughs> like, where were you when this life-changing Caitlin. event happened? And I texted Caitlin and I was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Anywho, before we get started and get into it, we wanted to give some love to everyone who's been throwing throwing messages our way and follows and reviews. I, we really appreciate it. And it 
I say it every time, but it really does make us so excited to see you guys enjoying this and having so much fun because we have a lot of fun doing it. So wanted to give a quick shout out to the Blue Desert. She found us because of Akatar. Blue Desert or is it dessert? Did I make it's that up? It's desert. There's one okay. S. Just... There's one S. Dessert is two S's because I've like right, strawberry right, right. shortcake. No, no, I know what you told me. I just what? didn't know if I spelled it Is that it how right. you remember that, Hilda? Yeah. I learned that in elementary school. Desert Wait, say is it one again? S. Desert is one S. Dessert is two S's because of strawberry shortcake. That was the first time I've ever heard that. Cute. That's cute. I've never heard the strawberry shortcake part. I heard it's because it got two S's because you always want more. Just like dessert. That makes sense too. I have nothing. <laughs> I don't know blank stairs how, I how to spell these two. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure that I'm like, am I messing up your name because I didn't spell it correctly? But anyway, thank you, Blue Desert. You found us because of Akatar. And I think we have a lot of new friends that are founding us from Akatar. So welcome. Welcome one and all. We, we love that you found us and hope you stick around. Also, y'all, we got some stickers. Um, I posted a reel the other day and – or I guess it was a TikTok that I posted onto reels – and everyone wants a sticker. And I think we had a call out a couple episodes ago saying, if you want a sticker, just slide into our DMs and we'll mail you one. And For guess free. What? For free. For free. For free. Bridget will be hot, hot at the mailing office, just, you know, licking those stamps and throwing them in the mail for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not licking them because, I mean, we're That's just true. like I know. I fresh know. out of COVID times. That's true. I know. It's going to uh, gently mist them and then put them on an envelope. Yeah. I, I'll definitely give it a little pat on the back and send it on this merry way, but don't worry. It's coming clean. <laughs> Aren't, all <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Aren't all stamps sticky now? They are sticky. I think she's true. talking about like the back of the envelope. You still have to like, oh. like to activate the stickiness, but they do sell the little sticky glue and yep. the tube and you just like pop it open. Like a glue stick. Yeah. Yeah. And then send it on this merry way. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm confused. I'm on so much antibiotics these days. <laughs> kind of love sick kiddos. <laughs> the illness is going around. Yeah. It's going. It is going around. School three members of House Maribona have fallen. That was us this past like three weeks. I think what you guys have is what we had and which is wild is because we live on separate coasts of Florida. I know. Your germ waves just traveled my way. It happens. So thank you so much. So if you guys want a, a sticker – just slide to our DMs at booktalkmademe underscore pod on Instagram and we'll give, give us you a one. follow. Oh, true. DM us and then we'll send you the free sticker. Yeah, true. It does come with a little bit of an attachment. Like there's a little, little something we need you to do for us. Hey, if you're going to put a sticker on something that has our name on it, you might as well be following us on Instagram. Right. That's true. Yeah. Because the sticker is commitment. The follow yeah. is also commitment. Like that's the level of commitment we, we need from everyone. You know and then funny? also, we'll entertain you during the week with all of the content that we post. Yeah. That we're actively working on getting better at. So it's it's a win-win for everyone. Win-win. Win-win. And if you have sticker commitment issues and you're like, I don't know where to put it. I need an extra just in case. Happy to send another one your way, friend. Because yeah. I still have these two. Uh, Ask Club, Almighty Sovereign Society, and Fire Breathing, Fire Breathing Bitch Queen sticker from Throne of Glass. And Zodiac Academy that I've not committed to sticking to anything because I don't know where I want them to go. It's okay. I have an entire packet from the free sticker bundle from um, probably Smut that I got a year ago. And then I got my Kindle and I still don't know how I want the placement. So it's just been sitting there along with the car decal that I got from sophomore year of college in 2013. Sophomore year of college. Why was that not in your car already? Because I had like Commitment issues. I didn't want to put it in my car because I didn't want to ruin it. And then 
it, it's it traveled I mean, I me from okay. Tallahassee to Miami to Homestead to Boynton Beach, all the places. Well, and then I finally got rid of the car that I had in college, and I was like, "What am I supposed to do with the sticker?" Because it, it was in the back seat of the pocket, so now it's in my desk. What a wild ride! <laughs> all this to say, if you want two, we'll give you two. Just let us know, because we also have commitment. We issues. also have commitment issues, aka it's, me. It seems we also we have also- a lot of stickers. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's get into Crescent City because I know we're so excited to talk about it. Just gonna go ahead and say. Everyone who's read Crescent City, you know, this is a behemoth of a book. She's a big chunk. So we're going to break it down just like we did for Silver Flames when we finished up um, Akatar. We're going to break this down into two parts. So the way we're breaking this down, as Bridget so beautifully put it in the notes, is going to be BDD, before Danica's death, and then we'll do ADD, after Danica's death. And if that is a spoiler for you, sorry. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Oops. You you know what you're getting into when you're listening. So we're going to keep it all too specific to this book. We're not planning ahead. Obviously, Bridget hasn't read it. So if there's anything that carries over, we're not talking about it. So let's get into Crescent City, baby. Bum, 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 bum. Now, who wants to kick us off with first thoughts? I do. Go for it. So you guys know that this book, when I initially started it, I had just flown through I Game of Thrones. Actar? From Blood and Ash. From Blood and... No. What's her other series? Why am I forgetting Throne this? Thorn of Glass. Thorn of Glass. I had just blown through it. I'm looking at it on my Libby app right now because I read all of it on Libby. So that was all of August 20... June 2021. And I have it here. Claire as day. August 2021, it came into my Libby app and I returned it. I extended it twice because I ran out of time and I just could not get into it and then I DNF'd it. I feel like that was partially my fault because I had just finished reading From Blood and Ash and I was like, you need to read this. Stop reading Crescent City. Just read this. No, read this I now. read From Blood and Ash before I read Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones. Stone of Glass. Wow. <laughs> We're struggling today. Really, I feel like I was a bad influence at some point and I made you DNF something. You made me DNF a lot and you made me read a lot. And you put me through <laughs> I think a it was lot Crescent of heartache. City. I think it was Crescent City because you're like, that one's so thick. Jump over that, then jump back. Okay. Yeah. So according to my Libby app, I read From Blood and Ash in June 2021. That's when I checked it out from the library. Yeah, because I bribed you with your birthday presents. Yeah. So like I started reading it because you were like, you're not waiting any longer. Boom. Here you go. And so I read it immediately. And then I tried to read Crescent City in August. There we go. And I could not get through it. And Attempts then you guys, were made. Attempts you guys were kept made. bugging me about it. So I bought it. April of 2022. Oh, did I bother it. you with Zodiac Academy? Mm-hmm. Yes, probably. That's what it was. Okay. And then I couldn't get into it. And it's been sitting on my Kindle ever since up until last week. And <laughs> what are the rest of your thoughts? Again, the first couple of pages, so hard to get into. So hard. It's true. I agree. I had a hard time also for some reason. There was a lot of like world building. It was info dump, like the hierarchies uh-huh. and the people. So I'm like... I don't know who these people are and I don't care about them yet. So don't tell me yet. I don't want to know because it doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't remember her doing such a like in-depth info dump in Throne of Glass and Akatar right at the beginning. And I understand that this world is a little bit different than those other books. So we kind of needed that explanation. Um, but I will say that that made 
this series a little bit harder than her other ones. Yeah, and I think if anything, anyone who's read this can agree that the world building is a bit tough to chew on. And that's why in our recap, we're going to break it down just as a refresher because there's a lot of different things to consider in addition to the plot that's already ongoing. It, you know, it can be a lot. Right. She's um, been so good about like her world building where you're able to visualize it and understanding, like make like conceptualize all of it. I still, till this day, I'm still confused about the hierarchy. I think I finally got it in this the second reread. I got it a bit more. And then really breaking down this recap helped me solidify it. So hopefully this is helpful for anyone else. We'll see. Okay, so this is a spoiler, obviously, but if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably read it. When Danica died, because I read those couple of pages so many times. (laughs) Danica. Pause you right there. (laughs) Danica. 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 Oh my gosh. I like how both of us held it. I just tilted her head like, what? what? Say that again? I started already. So on brand for Bridget. (laughs) Right. So when Danica died, I was like, no, she did not. Right. No, no, she did not. Like, who's going to resurrect her ass? Because SJM is notorious (laughs) for killing people. And then two seconds, a chapter later, she comes back to life or he comes back to life. Not this time. She did. And then Connor. I low-key love Connor. I thought their chemistry was so much better than her and Hunt's. And I think that's a hot take that people might hate me for. Lily. How did you say it, Caitlin? Well, I was calling her Lilyba, but it's Lahaba. Lahaba. Um, she's super adorable and her last stand oh. weep weeping. And she would watch Fangs and Bang. I know. <laughs> God, she was so cute. She was like, we would probably be in a book club together and talk about like hot takes sure. from garbage TV together. Absolutely. I, re- I just really loved her. I loved her. She was like, I'll be your best friend, B. Keep your food warm. Get your showers nice and hot. And you're like, that is a good friend. Vanessa's got the house. Bridget's got Lily. Bridget. Bryce has got Lily. Like, what a good, what a good friend. Just helping us out. If only. The cop blocking? You guys. The first time it was funny. The second time unnecessary. The third time I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm out. I'm out. Like, not happening. Why? So much. It was like stair steps of like tension. It just kept. You know, it was like, so unnecessary. It was, yeah. This is why I think her and Hunt are not in game. What'd you call? Her and Hunt. Oh, I definitely thought I heard you say her and Hunt. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I kind of heard that too, but I know what she meant. No, no, her and Hunt, Hunt. are aren't end game. Mm. I, that is a take. I think um, there's some other people who may feel that way. You're not the only person that feels that way. Yeah. Is somebody clicking a pen? <gasps> is it me? Probably. It might be. Shoot, I'm going to okay. put this down. I'm sorry. As the y'all. girl who's holding a pen. <laughs> Bridget hasn't yelled at us about pen, pen clicking in a while. Yeah, because we've been really good about it. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? SJMs and her endings are absolutely insane. Absolutely. I insane. did have a physical body reaction to when they described Hunt when he had that um, blast through his body. Oh. And she said that, you know, you can see shredded. straight through him and his wings were shredded. Like my full body cringed and I thought I was going to throw up. He had no legs. Like he was destroyed. It was bad. It was, ugh. We'll get into it, but ugh. Who else cried when Danica, Danica? Danica. Appeared as a sliver of whatever the hell that soul is. A first light. 
or energy first light energy first light. not an orb um a lot of my thoughts are the same as yours so i'll probably just merge them a little bit <laughs> i cried pretty much from lahaba's death until the end of that sliver like and it was bad because i was already sick and so like my nose was already shot so like i knew crying means i've got like four hours until like i can breathe again but it was just like <laughs> i couldn't help it lahaba's last stand i was more turned up about lily versus Danica, but damn. No, it was the three hits that got me are Lily, <laughs> then it's I can't get over Danica. It's Danica. <laughs> Who said it's Danica though? The book. The audiobook. The book. Yeah. It's Danica. I don't trust audiobooks. After I found out they use a website where they're like, how do you pronounce this name? And it could be literally anything. Okay, well Danica's a real name. Like Danica Patrick, the race, race car, car driver. You and go you anywhere. College named Danica. I'm sure someone else pronounces Danica as well. Well, slide into our DMs if that's you. <laughs> so Bridget doesn't feel so alone. I always feel alone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was Lily's death. It was Bryce's call home to hunt to tell her oh. mom, like, uh, I'm leaving. Tell my mom, call. Well, send me over oh, the edge every that time. One? Oh, I always hate those. Like the final goodbyes Ugh. before a big scene. It happened in Akatar when Reese did it for his little battalion friends. And I was like, the night court. And he was telling them all special things. And I was like, boo. And then Danica coming back, light it up, light it up. And I was like, oh, God. Just I would stops. have loved to fucking party with them. I think I would have died. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would I have never absolutely lived. done partying with them, but I would have died. I would have definitely, yeah. And it would have been like, like one of those once in a lifetime opportunities where you light it up with them girls. Your day would be like the hangover the next day. Like More that like would be snorted up, not lighted up, snorted up. Yeah. Someone was getting seeker. lit tonight. And I'm it's... getting lit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else, Bridget, you want to add? I don't know if this book was worth the hype. I mean, that's fair. We okay. did really just hound you to read it, so I think we may. No, have no, no. It's not you guys. I'm talking oh, about okay. when it initially came out. Everybody was talking about it. kind of like how Fourth Wing is right now, but worse. Really, I don't even remember that. I don't think the book itself. I think it's the series. Once you read book two, you'll understand why we're waiting on book three with bated breath and just need it in our lives. See, that's the thing. What I get upset with people that have books like this because they're overall they're rating it as a three but then they won't shut up about it because the ending is really good and i'm like why can't we just write like a four-star book overall so i can enjoy every part of it versus like eh, it's all right <gasps> oh my god the last two percent mind-blowing like why can't it all be good well i think it was good i just think that we're used to something different from SJM and she was probably, you know, trying to like switch it up a little bit because Throne of Glass and Akatar are pretty formulaic. Yeah. Um, this, like, we were not expecting this from her. It's like an urban fantasy, modern times, for lack of a better word. <laughs> you know, the best friend dies right away and nobody right brings away. her back. So I think I liked it. It was not what we were expecting. Well, I was not expecting anything. I was started reading it and I was like, I have no clue what this book is about. Because I dodged so many spoilers, I dodged an entire, like, intro plot. I was like, I have no clue who any of these people are. I just know that there's Hunt and a Bryce. And that was it. I went in blind. Went in blind. Well, sometimes it's not bad. So, like you, the first time I went into this, I had a hard time getting into it. And it wasn't – it was the same info dump. The world's a lot to chew on. It's hard to get your bearings and understand, like, why do I need to know this right up front right now? And then Danica died. 
And I was like, oh, shit. Whoa. We're we're doing things right off the web bat. So that really got me in. And thankfully, that's a little like way early in the series. You barely get to know to know Danica. The second time you reread this, I loved it so much more. So much more. And I don't know if it's just for other extenuating circumstances that I'm appreciating what I'm reading now, or I just understand the world a little bit better, so I'm not getting so lost, but it was it was much more enjoyable this time around. Now, I, I will echo Bridget. The last 20% of an SJM book is always pure perfection. The battle <laughs> scenes, the intensity, like when you're reading the last 20% of this, it is like just a full-on sprint to the end of tension. You you're either sweating or you're crying. Or you're sweating, you're crying, and you're doing all three. Like, I don't know what the third one is, but I'm doing all of it. All we know of what the, the third one is. It's okay. <laughs> all of the things I am dying about over, and I just, she does such a great job of it. I also really liked that she gave us breathing room at the end. So all of these things happen, and then there's a little bit of like, what's the aftermath? What are we dealing with? What's the, you know, couple months out from here? Because your brain has like a, it's really a short amount of time where so much things happen then you're trying to process like what does this mean for the characters how does it go on from there and, and so, i do appreciate that that helps you with the book hangover afterwards yes. versus like being on that cliffhanger waiting constantly for the other book and kind of just like you can't breathe like you like said like twisted sisters i'm looking at you yeah i'm yeah. looking at you and i agree with bridget i hate telling people the last 20 percent makes it worth it but in this one it really does it really does um hilda what are your thoughts um, on this so the first time I read Crescent City, I finished it in one and a half days. Shut up. No, one you did not. Half? Yeah. Are I you didn't... okay? Well, because I Did kept... you read a single word? <laughs> like, I don't understand well, what happened. I didn't, like, capture anything. And I remember when I had to read, like, a recap before I read book two. And I was like, who the hell are the Vanier? I, like, <laughs> I didn't capture anything. It's because I kept wanting to get to what I was convinced was going to be the Silver Flames level smut. And oh, we never I got know. there. We never got there. So I finished the Not book even in one and a half days. There. Not even close. No. So I kind of really feel that this was the first time I read it because I actually absorbed it and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I don't think this is controversial, but some people might find it controversial. Hunt is my second favorite Orion because obviously I, no. nobody... Yeah. Nobody can beat um, Lance Orion. We've talked about how Lily's death was just that destroyed us, and sh- like how she's a sprite and she's a descendant of like this famous. Her great grandmother <laughs> fought in the war with Hunt. It is just just bless her. Like if I could hug her, I would. And the one thing that's just in the back of my mind after all of this is, what the hell is the difference between a knock and a kelpie? And if someone could yes. let us know, that would be great. They mentioned a knock in the book. What? Yeah. So a yeah. knock is the book is the animal that's in the tank that that's attacking Bryce. That's scraped. Oh, scra- Jessica. I, yeah, yeah, brings. I really thought that was a kelpie. They mention a kelpie. Oh, but whoop. it's like somehow different than a knock. A knock. Straight up over my head. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I could <laughs> Google me. that for myself. But if anybody can just give me the quick explanation, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'd be interested to know. I don't know. I feel like it's like a cousin. You know, I don't know. Okay. Anywho, I like that that's your final thought. What is the difference between a knock and a kelpie? Like what, so like, much happens it? and you're like, hold on, hold on. Explain this to me here. <laughs> what a knock and a kelpie. She's like, I want to know the difference of this. Meanwhile, I'm like, I want to know what the freaking Hayekri is. What's going on with this? What is going on? Oh, I do have a question for Hilda. Ooh, okay. 
now that I finished the first book, are you going to tell me your whole theory about what's Amarin being an archangel? Or do I have to wait until I read tech book, second book? Uh, read the second book. No, oh, fuck. Just, it's just easier that way. Book. Yeah. Because that way, for sure, I won't spoil anything. All right. So we're going to officially dive into it. You got our thoughts and feelings. I wonder if you guys felt the same. I'm, I mean, I'm sure. Lahava's death also greatly affected you as well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking about it again. Like, my friends are with me and I'm not afraid. And you're like, <laughs> stop. Why did you have to say that? Oh, you know what also hit me hard? What? Um, when Grandfather Wolf. <laughs> the this. Prime. The Prime. He looks at Bryce and he's like, a she's wolf. a true wolf. I have it highlighted. He literally said, a true wolf. That's all he said. He like wakes all up he from a nap. All he to the story. And I was like. Damn right she is. She's pack life. No wolf left behind. No wolf wolf left behind. Uh, so to figure out, in case you're left behind, <laughs> what a good segue, right? Hilda, why don't you hit us? You're going to help me out with this five-minute recap. And we say it every freaking episode. But so much happens, and we want to make sure you guys are right back in there and remember where we're at with the storyline. So take it away. And it's also probably not going to be a five-minute recap. It's well, a little wordy. I'm looking at the notes. Yeah, there, okay. there's 13 points they have to get through and it's each a chapter. So we are, I mean, there's like 70 something chapters in the book. The fact that I got it done in 13, I was, was pretty impressive. 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 That's why I was like, I need help. <laughs> there's too much. Um, okay, so we're introduced to Bryce Adelaide Quinlan. She's a half human, half fey woman who recently graduated from Crescent City University. Her bestie is Danica Fendier a very powerful wolf shifter who is the alpha of her own pack, the pack of devils and part of the Crescent city auxiliary, which I guess is kind of like the police force. I think Caitlin explains that a little bit more. Yeah. Bryce is an assistant to Jessica Roga, a sorceress who owns Griffin antiquities and she sells a bunch of artifacts, but she also has an illegal library in her building. Bryce and Danica are wild party girls. They're drinking, they're smoking, they're fucking they're at All the club. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not each other, just They're others. Clubbing. Yeah, They're like besties other. with Nesta. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. But nicer. Um, so Definitely. Danica, who is supposed to actually surpass her mother Sabine as the prime of the wills after her grandfather passes, which is a big deal, and which is why she has a lot of tension with Sabine, is known as the party princess. And... They're always getting into like drunk hijinks. And sure enough, just that week, Danica and Bryce got shit faced and Danica convinced Bryce to get a tattoo down her back. That's written in some like long lost ancient alphabet. And it's basically like, what is it through love? All is possible, which is a really random phrase that Danica uses all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not random. It's tied back to their heritage or well, whatever. I think whatever we think it's random so then one night danic is having like pack bonding night at the apartment because bryce is a roommate and bryce goes on a date with her millionaire human boyfriend um but he's a total douchebag so she dumps him she meets up with the other friends in their group which is fury Axstar, and who's a mercenary essentially She's and like, a, like you know hustles moonlights as an assassin no biggie yeah and Juniper Andromeda, who is a fawn that's like a ballet dancer. And they basically <laughs> proceed to... It sounded like you said ballet dancer. Uh, ballet. I said ballet. <laughs> ballet. And then they go clubbing and get high and drunk. Bryce gets home and she's like high as a kite and totally shit-faced. And she can barely see straight. 
And then she realizes when she's home that everybody in the apartment's been murdered. Not just murdered, but like torn apart into bloody pieces. It's so disgusting. Shredded to ribbons is what they said. Repeatedly. (laughs) It's not good. And we're talking about, was it maybe like five or six wolves? Yeah. Um, The wolves are all pretty strong. So it's just, it's, it's devastating. And she stumbles upon a demon at the scene. So she chases that demon through the city. It corners her in an alley. She like attacks him, but then the demon attacks her and some poor angel that was caught in the alley with her. Somehow in all of this chaos, she manages to call the emergency services and they arrive. And then, you know, someone staples her leg up and she's taken in for interrogation. Bryce is essentially super catatonic during this entire time. And actually, and she's totally in shock. But when she's told that Danica is dead, she like flips out. But anyways, her distant cousin... Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valvar and Fae. <laughs> if we can like edit the music into that, that would be great. I already thought um, about it. I already thought about it. Comes to basically take her out of interrogation because, you know, she didn't actually kill Danica and her pack. And then Rune is actually, though, her half-brother because they are the children of the Autumn King, who's the highest Fae person in Crescent City. Um, but he's a total asshole, and so he won't recognize Bryce. And so she pretends that she's just a cousin. Anyways, fast forward to two years later, the murders of people being shredded into ribbons start up again. And we find out that those are caused by a Cristalos demon. And so Bryce is asked by Archangel Governor Micah Domitus to find the demon before the summit in Pangera. She's joined by the Umbra Mortis, Orion Hunt Athalar an angel with gray wings and that has the power of lightning who's part of Micah's triari. So basically like the leaders of his legion of his military force Hunt is one of the fallen and he has a thorn tattoo on his forehead and like SPQM, which is a symbol of the Asteri on his wrist because he's a slave of the state because years ago he rebelled against the Asteri with his lover, the archangel Shahar or Shahar. Shahar, um, yeah who was killed during the rebellion by her twin sister, Sandriel. I'm going to read this because I liked how I wrote it. At first, Hutt and Bryce hate each other, but they eventually respect each other and, of course, understand each other, get the hots for each other, and fall for each other, which is what often happens in novels when you put two hot people in close proximity to each other. It's true. So anyways, yeah, they're getting together. It was not like a true enemies to lover, but there was some tension. It was like Um, a grumpy sunshine. Yeah, also Grumpy Sunshine. That's a good trope. Might have been a one-bed trope at one point, too. I don't know. Anyways, okay. Who's to say? So while, 700 pages. So many things happen. While all of this is happening, Rune is tasked by his father to search for Luna's horn, which is an ancient artifact of the Fae that was stolen from Luna's temple. The horn is broken, but it was used years ago by the Starborn Fae during the first, the first wars to close the portals to hell, and that's hell with one L, not two Ls. And it beat back the demon hordes that were trying to invade Midgard during, I don't know, some war. During the investigation, we find out that the theft of Luna's horn can be traced back to Danica, who was also involved with synth, a synthetic drug that can mimic magic and even give humans Vanir-like power. So remember, the Vanir are like the magical people in Midgard. It's shocking to Bryce that someone she loves so much kept so many secrets from her. There's a lot of times that Bryce feels that she doesn't even know who Danica is because like all this random information about her keeps popping up. During all of this so many mysteries could have been solved if Danica just said like three sentences. Exactly. 
we find out that Hunt was actually planning to sell the synth to the humans to help them overthrow the corrupt government of the Asteri because they're a bunch of assholes, but he tried to back out of it once he found out that synth was super dangerous. So he essentially sent it'll make the person super strong when they take it, but then they end up basically destroying themselves and going crazy. Kind of like, what was that drug that was really popular here in South Florida? Bath salts. Kind of like oh, bath yes. salts. <laughs> it's like, what drug? To like the people's faces? Yeah. Remember when bath salts caused yep. zombie guy? Yeah. So think of that. Is that like 2012-ish? Yeah, yeah, around that time. But anyways, he tried to back out of the deal once he realized how dangerous Synth was, but it was too late and he was turned in by the Viper Queen. And later, Micah, to punish him, sold him back to Sandriel, who tortured him for years after the original rebellion. Anyways, we find out that actually it was a Micah who had tasked Danica to steal the horn, Luna's horn, which she did, but then she ground it into a powder and had it tattooed onto Bryce's back. So therefore, Bryce is Luna's horn. Which essentially, I'm gonna stop you right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like one of those things. Like, how how did we think? It's a bit of a gamble to assume that that's gonna work. You know, like let me take this. Like, it is. let me take the Rosetta Stone. I'm gonna ground it up, tattoo it on Bridget's back, and be like, now you speak all these languages. <laughs> you know what That'd I mean? That'd be like, great because I can't even speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Maybe Danica didn't even realize that it would be able to be used and she just wanted it. She no, figured that this she was absolutely or did she? Yeah, she did because she knew exactly who Bryce was and how yeah. she was related to Crown Prince, whatever. The Starborn Fae, yeah. Yes. And she also knew that she had the power, the light mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. So she knew very well. Yeah, I know. What I'm just saying doing. a bit of a gamble. But go very on. Very much a gamble. Go like, on. Yeah. But from what we can tell about Danica Danica is that she has a pair of cojones <laughs> that is bigger than every other male's. It's true. It's very true. That's a very good point, Bridget. So anyways, <laughs> Danica Micah Danica. shows up at Griffin Antiquities when he should be at the summit and he tries to use Bryce, which he does. Uh, but Bryce is a badass and she was trained really well by her stepfather how to use a gun and she kills Micah with the God Slayer rifle and she like grinds him into dust and can't wait to talk about this can't she, wait vacuums him i know <laughs> i loved that so much <sighs> it was so, so much. good so anyways micah was able to open up the portals into the city so there's basically an influx of demons flooding the city killing a bunch of innocent people and like all of the city leaders are off at the summit which is two or five hours away i don't know they're far enough that it's an issue things are looking really crazy and so sandriel basically contacts the asterian guard who are the people that protect the asteri and they send brimstone missiles to get rid of the demons but this is also going to basically destroy the city and kill a bunch of innocent people hut manages to kill sandriel for insulting bryce after the witch queen hypaxia dissolves his slave tattoo bryce ends up doing the drop with Danica's spirit being her anchor and that was really beautiful all this will make sense when Caitlin explains it if you don't understand I'm just thinking through I'm like man this is even hearing it again I'm like so much (laughs) so much much happened and so we find out though after Bryce performs the drop um, which is basically the way that they access their power that even though she's only half fae she has the full 
power of the starborn fae inside of her. So basically, she has like the light of a star inside of her. And she uses that to generate first light. She heals Hunt, who had come to save her and was basically like shredded into a bunch of ribbon pieces. The city is back, you know, pulled back together through the power of first light. So anyways, that's where it ends, sort of. Bryce has Luna's horn on her back, and she's a starborn fae, so she has a lot of power. And she ends up getting a call from Regalus, Rigilus, who is the bright hand of the Asteri. And he tells her, hey, if you keep it quiet about like what happened and who you are, we're not going to hold it against you that you and Hunt killed two archangels. And they actually set Hunt free. And, you know, Bryce and Hunt are like, okay, sure, no problem. We had more than enough drama to last a lifetime. We're not going to get pulled into anything else. We're not going to be looking for any more trouble. Or so we think. Enter book two. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much, Hilda, for that amazing recap because, yeah, a lot happens. Boy, oh boy, oh, was it long. And I have to think, before we get into the summary and thoughts, I want to touch on the world building because, like you said earlier, it's not her typical formula where you are sort of reading it and exposed to little bits and chunks. You have time to take it in. For some reason, it's all thrown at you at once, and I have to believe that it was intentional. I just don't know what, what or why. Like, why, why? Those are my thoughts. So to help you recap, if you're hearing a Siri governor, archangel, and you're like, what the fuck are all these people? I do not remember. Let's get you caught up. So the world building is a bit tough. I want us to start here with this before we get into the plot. So as we're going through the finer points, you're still not lost. Because I think if we would have broken this down or if there was like an index for us to reference to in this book, it would have been very helpful. So let's start with the places. This takes place on the planet Midgard. Midgard is ruled by the Asteri. We're going to talk about this theory later, so just hold on that. We're just talking about the places. We've got Midgard, an entire planet. Midgard has several continents on it, but the most important two are Pangera, where the Asteria all live, and Valbara, where basically everyone else in this book lives. All right, so we've got Midgard, Valbara, Pangera. Set so far. Pangera sounds like the Wild West because that's where some other characters live. It sounds gritty. It's harsh. Humans are uprising there. It's generally not a place that people want to go to. So why these Syria live there? I don't know because that's like their capital city. Valbara, on the other hand, seems to hold itself to a higher standard, runs like a tight ship, like a normal city, like a normal big metro city would. So... Most of this book takes place in the second continent, like I said, Valbara. Valbara's main city is Crescent City. And to make things more confusing, its formal name is also Lunathian. So Crescent City is its nickname. And you often hear as you're reading back and forth, people will refer to it either one. It's Crescent City, Lunathian. I'm not sure why or how we're so, nicknaming it. I'm glad you said that because I was very confused about what the heck was Crescent City, where was Crescent City, who was in Crescent City, because I kept recalling only Lunathian. Right. That? And again, I have to think that it was intentional. Like she's very deliberate in the way she tells a message. So I have to think there's a bigger reason why it goes by two names. And it's important that she like specifically introduces us and keeps referencing to us like it has two names. I just don't know why. I don't know why. That's my feeling. All right. So let's catch you back up again. Midgard, big planet, two continents, Valbara, Pangera. Then we've got Valbara is where we're at. Crescent City is part of Valbara. In Crescent City, there are seven district, seven different districts. And they all kind of cater to their own populations. It's not intentionally segregated. It's more like pockets of cultures that people are comfortable with each other. So they live in a certain district. Wolves have their own little homes. Humans are on a different side. Think like Little Italy or Chinatown, that kind of grouping of neighborhoods. 
because Crescent City has been around for thousands of years, each district also has its own gate. I picture the gates. It's up to me. Um, but I picture the I picture the gates like the Washington Washington Square Arch in like New York I City. I actually before I saw it recently, I pictured it, and then I went there, and I was like, "Huh, imagine seventies throughout a city creating a dome." Right, and it's not. It's I think they're all very different. So like there's a rose gate and there's like a nicer gate. But basically there you have all these gates across the city and the different districts. And in, you know, the olden days, it was manned by guards. And these soldiers could warn each other of danger by placing their hands on a disc on the arch and talking to the others in the district. It's just mainly used as a tourist attraction now because, as Hilda said earlier, this is an urban fantasy. So there's cell phones. There's technology. You don't have to, like, put your hand on a, on a thing and be like, copy, copy, you're over. Who's over there on big gate over two? You know what I mean? We're not doing that. We have phones. So I hope that helped give you some framework for the city. Midgard, Valbara, Crescent City, seven districts. That's where we're at. How are you feeling, Bridget? Because I feel like you're my, my audience for this. No, that was really good. That helped me a lot. And I think, are we going into like a people? We're going to go section? into people and we're going to okay, go into government. Works. So let's talk government now because all these things are thrown at you. So Midgard, our planet, they're ruled by the six Asteri. At the risk of really oversimplifying their story, and because we don't really know too much about it, um, there was seven, one was killed, now there's six. They are the heads of state of the entire planet. They make all the decisions. They are feared, like people throw up in their presence. They are really uh, reclusive, so I you don't really get eyes on them. You come to them from like a TV screen. They are extremely powerful we don't really know too much about their backgrounds, but they're said to have like the entire power of a star in them. It's very mysterious. So to be on their bad side is basically a fate worse than death. But for all their faults and reasons yet unknown to us, the Asteri like to give off a false sense of democracy. And each continent in Midgard is ruled by a ruler, a governor. Now, I say that it's a false sense of democracy because really the Asteri is like, here's what we're doing. Governors figure it out. Like you're not coming up with the decisions. I am. I'm the captain now. So they're like, the Styria the are like the planet's presidents. You know what I mean? So the governor of Albara is Micah, Jim, G, Micah, Domitus, Domitus, Micah. The governor of Pangera is Sandrial. Each of them have their own army, you know, like question mark. It's an army. Their own legion. Legion. Thank you. They keep the continent in line. Both are, both archangels are extremely powerful and scary, but Sandrial Sandriel is fucking nuts. Like that bitch be cray. She killed her, you know, you talk, we talked about it at, in the upfront. Her twin sister killed her twin sister. I think they suspected her of actually killing her parents also. Mm-hmm. So again, Pangera is the Wild West. But both of them are the governors of the their own continents. Under Governor Micah's watch, each of the seven districts have their own localized rulers. So kind of like a mayor who preside over their areas. But unlike a mayor, they all have different names, which makes it confusing. One district has a king, the other is ruled by the prime, but basically they're they're all kind of mayors. And just know when you're hearing king and prince when we get into people, it's just in title only. Like they don't have, when you think of like Throne of Glass, where you've got, you know, king... Whatever. Dorian's dad. Yeah, I was like, King's Dorian's dad. <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, his name is Dorian, but you know what I mean. Um, so you, there's not like a king as a ruler. It's just sort of like you're a king with not a lot of power. We just give you this title. Yeah, they're just city leaders. City leaders. Or even like a city council. Right. So if we go top down, we've got Asteri at the top. We've got the Archangels, Micah and Sandriel next. Then we have 
their legion, which watches over all their continents. And then in Crescent City itself, you have the auxiliary. So if you have Governor Micah's army, in quotes, it's they're actually the 33rd legion. Um, if you think of them sort of like the FBI, then there are the lesser forces, the auxiliary. Those are sort of like the police in the area. So to make it more confusing, <laughs> you've got auxiliary divisions of Fae and auxiliary divisions of Wolves. They don't really like to talk to each other. I guess like in the same way that different polices from different cities don't really like to talk to each other. That's how the government is set up. Yeah, they're very competitive with each other. Very competitive. Questions on that? We're good. Yeah, we're good. <clears throat> now let's talk about the people. I'm going to talk about it from a high point. We're not really getting it into specific people. But there's a lot of terminology that are used to describe people. So I want to be clear. As Elsa said, she was like, what the hell? Who's a veneer? I don't understand. Because up until this point, we've associated magical people as fae, as you're reading these magical stories. In this case, they have a different name. So there are many, many different types of beings that inhibit the planet of Midgard, which is, then they're largely divided into two sections. So the veneer, basically a term for anyone with a magical quality, and humans. So also for reasons left unknown, the veneer and humans are further categorized into four different houses, depending on their traits. Their traits, exactly. So you have house of sky and breath, which is where your angels, your fae are going to be, house of earth and blood, humans, witches, and shifters, so your wolves. You've got house of many waters, so mer, the mare, kelpies, water beasts, nox, all in the waters, and house of shadow and flame. That's going to be your vampires, reapers, wraiths, and so on. I don't know what this gives them. <laughs> like being a member, I'm like, you get a membership card? Does this get you discounts when you go to the store? Like, I don't understand why you have to be further separated, but they are. What I got from that was based on those divisions, you end up having like a subset. And so then you end up, I guess, the leader of your house is responsible for you. So like when Rune goes to take Bryce out of the interrogation, when Danica died, he's like, she's a member of House and Sky and Breath. Like, I should have been called right away. You shouldn't be talking to her without me. Yes. Yes. So but she doesn't really, like, explain it. So on your membership card, it's like your get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, if you don't have another one person from your house with you, you can't be, can't be questioned. Yeah, I think they also have, like, their own rules that govern them within their house. Like, think about how when we read um, – Twisted Sisters and they talk about the vampires and even though they all have their own form, like the vampires had their own code of conduct and mm -hmm. um, not Tristan, what's his name? Caleb was not able to hunt because of their initial mm -hmm. like rules where it's highly discouraged because they get addicted to it. So I'm thinking it's kind of like that. Yeah, Except for you have more variety within more the variety, Exactly. And it's not just at a school. It's like the entire planet is categorized this way. So it's very much a class-based system. You have Faye at the top. You've got lesser or high veneer at the top, lesser veneer at the bottom. And then the humans. Humans are at the bottom, bottom of the food chain. Tough time and for also, the humans. It should be, I don't think you explained that, but apparently the original inhabitants of Midgard were the humans. And because these magical portals opened, all of the veneer came over and they enslaved the humans, essentially. So the war that's happening in Pangera is because the humans are rebelling and to get rid of basically like that caste system mm -hmm. that exists. And 
even though, you know, humans live a better life in Crescent City, they're still looked down upon. And Bryce, mm-hmm. especially only being half bay, half bay, half human, it's she's at a disadvantage. Yep. Thank you. So that's a big part of this as well. Now, one last thing I want to talk about before we get into actual book. It's like been a dang hour and we barely talked about it. But I did want to quickly talk about the drop because you hear this mentioned a lot and it is a big plot point. So in Veneer, you also have power levels and rankings that you can have. And unlike in other books, you kind of get to a certain point in your fey world where you your aging slows down significantly and you kind of look like you stay that way forever. Here there is a rite of passage that one has to undertake called the drop. So when you, at a point of your choosing, decide I am going to make the drop and descend into my immortality as a fae, you, it's a very formalized process. Like you do it at a government center, you are hooked up to some machinery, and you essentially drop down to the base of your power, which determines your power linkings. It's like specifically written down um, in the government logs. And then as you rise back, like your body physically dies, your human body dies. And as you rise back up, so much power is coming up from the force of you coming back from the brink of death that this creates the first light. So it's, if you think of Bryce having this super, super powerful light, this is like a tiny little beam of energy, not tiny, but like a significant beam of energy that is then sucked up by the government officials and oddly enough used to power the rest of the city and as a souvenir for making this drop you get like a little like glow stick basically like yay your first power and then people have parties the reason why it's significant because it marks a change in your life and your power rankings and so your abilities to be hurt are basically your regenerative abilities have kicked in at this point you were almost you know Instead of what, getting brimstone missile shot at you, you're going to recover. But before that point, if you get hurt, you're getting hurt. You're staying down. The power that everyone does when they make the drop, again, fuels the entire city. And it's a little weird to conceptualize when you think about that. But they always talk about the first light lights, the first light lamps, uh, the first light charges their powers. So there's a lot that they get out and this is how they have this modern city. Any questions on that? Did I explain it right? Sounds pretty accurate. I think you did. Yeah. Okay. So now, after all of that, I think we're in a finally good place to understand the background on everything, and let's get into what the heck actually happened in this book. So again, we're starting at BDD, before Danica's death. So Spoiler, she dies. <laughs> you made it this far. We've said it like 10 times. <laughs> Not to be confused with Danica. Danica also Danica, dies. Danica. I'll die on that hill. Well, let's call her Dee Dee. <laughs> Dee Dee. So Danica shows up at Griffin Antiquities, as remember, is where Bryce works, and tells her that Philip Briggs, a dangerous human who's a rebel, obviously he hates the history, is being released from prison due to a loophole. Remember, Griffin Antiquities is owned by Jess, Jessaba. She's a witch who mysteriously ditched her house and switched to the House of Shadow and Flame. So she went from House of Earth and Blood to Flame and Shadow shadow and flame and it's she's very mysterious we don't know why she would align herself with that house there's there's more to unravel there with with her she has tons of old books and relics from midgards fifteen thousand years in or thousands of years in existence and lots of charms and protections so it's she's always super annoyed when bryce just comes uh, i'm sorry when danica just comes trampsing over and is like coming over to hang out with bryce but here bryce is a mission she's just heard that Bright, uh, the Phillips Briggs is being released. She has to shower. She's like, I got a shit ton of things to do now because of this loophole. I originally brought him in. 
Now he's getting out. I'm pissed. Can I go shower in the library? Like this library has got so many rooms. She's going to go shower, stash her stuff there, head off on her way. It's Danica has a big sword. (laughs) So you don't really know too much of it at this point where she got it from. You know, it's her grandfather's. He's the prime of the wolves. And she just kind of rolls around with this giant ass sword all day. Why she doesn't want to take the sword to meetings. We don't know. She stashes it at Griffin Antiquities. um, And she runs off to the meeting. Bryce, meanwhile, is at work hunting for a priceless artifact known as Luna's Horn that was stolen from a temple a few weeks earlier during a blackout. She works in an antiquities dealer. This is hot for Jessica. She's like, we get our money on this. We can make bank if we sell it. Probably highly illegal also. So she's looking at this in the down low. So after work, Bryce goes back to the apartment she shares with Danica and the two prepare to split up for the night. Bryce has a date with her hot millionaire boyfriend who isn't even good in bed. So like, why are we doing this? And Danica is doing pack night with her wolves. They are all super bummed about Briggs getting out. But Bryce has known the pack for years. So when she gets there, they're all kind of hanging out like all old friends. They Everyone loves each other. They love all of them. But one of them also really loves Bryce back. And we talked about him earlier, Connor. Now, Poor one out for Connor. I know. Connor's equivalent to Sam in my head. And I love both so much. Sam from Throne of Glass. Oh, yeah. Say no more. So Connor has been pining after Bryce. Bryce is still a party girl. She's always said, no, 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 no. Um, before she goes out on her date, which I'm like, kind of a weird move, but shoot your shot, Connor. Get in there. Connor confesses his feelings, and they agree to go on one date to try it out. They seem really cute, and at this point, I'm already shipping them. Like, I just love them. I'm excited for them. So much chemistry, like you said, Bridget. Like, such a little time interaction and so much chemistry. So much chemistry. So Bridget, Bridget, I keep saying Bridget. <laughs> it's like you're in the story. You want me to be in the story? Okay, I'll date Bri- or Connor. I'll take Connor. I was going to say, actually, before she went out on her date, he shot his shot and he got shot down. She goes on a date with her millionaire, no good in bed boyfriend. Right. And then that's when she dumps him after he's an hour late. It is worth noting that her millionaire boyfriend works at Reed Industries, um, like a t- uh like a pharmaceutical researchy kind of place. She doesn't really care because he's rich and she's like, whatever, you do the things oh. with the computers and you tippy-typey, it's fine. I thought it was Redner. What did I say? Reed Redner. I thought you said Reed Industries. Reed, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you're right. It is Redner. He's Reed Redner, right? Yeah. Redner. Talk about a mouthful. Um, couldn't get confusing enough. Yes. Okay. So he's Reed Redner of he Redner Industries. He could give Bryce a mouthful. I was waiting for it. <laughs> We've been pretty tame up until this point. So he's an hour late. Bryce is pissed. She decides, fine, Connor, I'll go out with you. And she also calls up her best friends. She's like, let's head to the club, ladies. It's time to party. I just dumped his ass. She goes to the club, the White Raven. She buys drugs. She's at the club. We're drinking. We're snorting Light Seeker. We're smoking Mythroot. And our girl gets lit. But of course, she misses her best friend on Danica. Her best, her best friend on the side and they're texting and sending each other's photos the entire night basically and teasing Connor's her. texting her Connor's texting her everyone's texting her and she's just like what you know when you're in that party girl mentality I mean you know when you're in that party girl mentality you're just like come out with me everyone party and so she's so wasted she doesn't even know how she gets home but she's magically back at the apartment and she stumbles home and immediately knows something is off there's a horrible smell I mean granted they don't live in a nice apartment but there's a horrible smell and her door's cracked open And what she stumbles into, again, what we talked about is piles, piles of former people. Blood bath. Blood bath. Blood everywhere. 
Blood is ribbons of flesh, not even chunks of flesh. We're talking about slivers of ribbons, like. And if you're grossed out about us saying that a hundred times, it's because we had to read it a hundred times. How people are just piles and we're just ribbons. You know when you go to the deli and they're grinding the meat. Oh my gosh, Hilda! That's what I imagined in my head. The visual. I mean, yes. Yeah. 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 If I had to have that visual in my head. I need you guys. See, to share I pictured more like a sp- like a bunch of spaghetti noodles, kind of like you know what I mean, like maybe Can a fettuccine. Stop referencing it to food. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, the ribbons, Part- party ribbons, <laughs> like bows, the flesh ribbons, the flesh from- ribbons. Oh my gosh, flesh, flesh tentacles. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Flesh tentacles from Plated Prisoner. Good. Okay, so everyone is ribbons. She is. I mean, and it's everyone in their pack. We're talking these strong-ass wolves. They're members of the auxiliary. They regularly fight and train. Train And and so for these people to be so horrifically murdered, like shit has gone down. She's devastated to see that Connor is also in a pile and Danica is also in a pile. And she's like, what the fuck happened here? And she hears a noise outside. She immediately knows I am not alone. And I... I don't know why I just love this, but I love that she's like, I'm going to go get that thing. And she grabs a busted up like leg of a table and just like tramps out there like, I'm going to beat your ass with a like the thing that just shredded everyone to death. She's like, I'm going to take you on with this table leg. So at this point, I was very confused because I was like, isn't she like half fae? Human fae? Like, isn't she weak as fuck? What the hell is she doing? So she has some fey ability, but she doesn't really have any power. Right. Compared to like everyone else in the store, I was like, oh my God. But you know what? She has rage. And lots of drugs going yeah. through her system. So she's, you know, not fully comprehending. She's in shock. And if I saw what I saw and heard a noise, I do not think I would go investigating. But she breaks that leg off the end table and chases a thing and basically she chases after the sound and comes face to face with the demon in the streets. Um, it's worth noting the streets are in chaos because there is a freaking demon running around. Now, as crazy as all the background we just described to you of what Midgard is, it's relatively safe and demons are a very rare occurrence that comes through. So this is straight chaos. Bryce walks in to find it eating an angel in an alleyway. And like this poor angel just sitting there, even though we know who it is, has been. And the way she attacks this demon is she just like whacks it a couple good times over the head with her table leg. And then um, it runs away. I think it loses a couple teeth, to be fair. Um, so it runs away and she had to decide, am I saving this person? Am I going after this demon to kill my friends? And she decides she's going to try to save this this angel. Um, so she's screaming into the phone to track its location. He's got this open chest rune. It's not going good for this angel. Um, the police arrive on scene. She's all beaten up. She's got a scratch from the demon, but she's still really high on all the drugs. And so this is just too much for her system. And she kind of just crashes. She had a arrives. scratch. She had okay. a girl has gash. like a deep gash through her leg that has to be repaired on site. With staples. With staples by our homeboy. Yeah. You know, a Tomato, tomato, scratch, deep bone scarring gash, you know? (laughs) That has venom in it from the demon. From the demon. Danica, Danica. Danica, Danica, scratch, gash, gash. Okay. So we next meet Bryce where she is in a holding cell for questioning because now everyone, the full force, the police, the FBI, no, the Legion, the Auxiliary, everyone is there, all hands on deck, being like, what the heck happened here? This is unlike anything we've seen. Um, she's in a holding cell for question. This is where we meet Hunt, the Umbermortis, 
the notorious killer um, and fallen angel, and Isaiah, another fallen angel by his side. Isaiah is more or less Hunt's boss. Um, they're fallen angels. They work reverse, oh, reverse. I just, I, no, I just wanted to clarify about Hunt. So he is the Umbra Mortis. Technically and officially, it is his job to hunt and kill the demons that come through the slightly unopened rifts in the city. Um, but essentially, Micah uses him as like his personal assassin. And if you piss somebody off, Micah's going to sick um, hunt on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was also one of the first responders on the scene and repaired her leg. Like he stabled it for her. Because she was freaking out. She was in the whatever mind space. And he's like, calm down. You're fine. Because she she was attacking everybody that was coming around the angel. Because she didn't know if they were a demon or not. She's high out of her mind. Yeah. So they're both fallen angels. They work. I'm going to say work in quotes. Because they are enslaved to Michael. Micah. But mostly everyone wants to know what the heck has happened. And she is in deep shock and just zoning out. While they're trying to figure out what's happening here, Danica's mom just comes storming in, guns blazing. Now, if your daughter was just left in flesh ribbons, are you coming in being like, where the fuck's my sword? Not the first thing out of my mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's such a bitch. She is such a Fucking bitch. Sabine. So Sabine comes through, does not like what happened. No, my God, I am devastated. She comes in full force rage, accusing Bryce of stealing the sword. And everyone is just like, What? Like, your daughter just died, was murdered in cold blood. Like, no justice for your daughter? No, she I is just- I want justice for my child. Slinging insults left and light, right at Bryce, accusing her Human of doing trash it. trash horse slut. Yeah, like, she has it. She couldn't keep her mouth shut. You know, whatever it is. That's why Sabine- It's very uh, suspicious, her, the way she acts from her daughter just being killed. Um, I would have thought she would have killed- She was the one that killed her. Yeah. yeah it seems that there wasn't a lot of- you know, love lost between Sabine and Danica because again, Danica was super powerful even before she made the drop and she never made the drop. She well, made the drop even yet. before. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sorry. What I meant to say was like, she was so powerful and she hasn't made the drop. Um, And so Sabine is jealous of her because everyone thinks that Danica is going to take over when her grandfather passes instead of it being Sabine. Uh. <sighs> She's such a bitch in that scene. She's a cunty McCunterson. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's. We don't like her. We don't like her. And the insults she's just holding, throwing at Bryce are just unfounded at this point. Um, so the next thing they go into questioning, we meet Victoria. She's part of the Legion. She is a wraith. Um, and she goes through Bryce's phone to be able to kind of help her jumpstart her memory and start these questions like, what did you see? What did you, who'd you run into? So they go through her text messages. Which is not a good look because, again, she was so drunk. She's high. She talked about how she was doing some guy in the bathroom, why she's texting Connor. Yes, I'll go on a date. And he's, like, basically confessing all her feelings. And she's like, I just did some guy. In the background, the bathroom, she's, you know, it's a very sloppy text message situation here. Um, So they cut from that and she's non-responsive. Then they try to play the audio tapes they were able to recover from the scene. It's worth noting Crescent City is, like, wired up at all times. So – that's going to come back into play later. Why 
you know, that'll come back into play later towards the end of the book. So they're able to pull the campbell surveillance, but they're able to pull the audio. And what they get is just like devastating. So you hear there's a kerfuffle in the apartment. You hear screaming. You hear ripping everyone to shreds. You hear the fight. You hear Danica pleading for her last moments on life, like just being eaten alive by this demon and it's interesting because as a reader you're like you feel for her but then later on you know sabine's like she's begging for her life like what a loser you know like it's a kind of that mentality where like these veneers shouldn't be they should meet death head on not i also wanted to punch her at that moment but what i did too fucking sabine fucking like um and so it it is tough for all to hear bryce freaks out again she goes full rage this is when I think they officially, like, calm her down. Hunt tries to <laughs> calm her down before she destroys everyone in the room. And then Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valbaran Fae, comes striding <laughs> in and forces them to release her. He says she's my cousin and she's how, part of House of House of Sky, Sky and Breath. Breath and should have had a Fae escort in here for the entire time of questioning. You guys are out of line. And, you know, we're not going to go into this whole courtroom side of line, but – Basically, you're out of line, and I'm taking her with me when I go. Fun fact, at a, the summer solstice party, Hunt punched Rune in the face. And broke um, his nose. Broke his nose. And even though technically he wasn't supposed to do that, Micah punished him by giving him a week off from work, which was technically a suspension, but then gave him a nice little bonus with his paycheck. Right. So it was paid vacation. Mm-hmm. So no um, love lost already between Hunt and Rune. Remember, Hunt is kind of above Rune when you think of the city government ruling officials. Hunt is part of the Legion, which is sort of like the FBI. Then you've got Rune, who is the head of the auxiliary, which is sort of like the police. And if you've ever watched any crime show everywhere, you know how that dynamic goes. So Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of Valbar and Faye shows up and forces them to release her. Hunt and Isaiah are now on the hunt to find the demon that did this because they know this is not the run-of-the-mill guy we got coming through. This is very abnormal and... We got to get to the bottom of this. Um, Bryce is not, naturally, not in a good place. And news has traveled all over the city about the murders. The text messages that she had on her phone, again, not flattering, are leaked out everywhere. Everyone knows her business. Everyone saw how drunk she was, how high she was. Really cemented her vapid party princess vibe that she had going on with this. She is not welcomed at Danica's sailing. I'm going to talk about a sailing in a second. She hears from Connor's little brother. She's not welcome in his life either. And so she's basically losing – she just lost her best friend and she's losing everyone else around her because of the fallout from this. So Bryce, the way she grew up, she was really – she didn't live in the city that she was living. She kind of lived in a mile where her parents and – well, her mom and her stepdad. So when she came to school – that was the first time she kind of stepped away and made friends that turned into be her family. And her pack, even though she's not a wolf, she was like an honorary pack member. So she was with them almost 24-7 all the time. You know, Connor, her finally accepting Connor's like request to go out on a date solidified her as his to everybody else. And so in their eyes, that was Connor's girl. And Connors was hers. Uh-huh. So this when like a those, done deal. it was a done deal. They were basically mated, and she hates. You find out this really quickly that she has never wanted some 
high fame male or whatever, like an alpha hole, to come into her life, tell her when and where she can eat, what she can do, all this stuff. She's very independent. She does not want that at all. So she was resisting Connor the entire time because she did not want a man like that to come into her life. But she finally said yes. She gave in. And so that was a done deal. It was happening. It was inevitable. Everybody thought it was going to happen. Right. So to be un- – oh, go ahead. I was like so sad for her the way they freaking bullied her. Iced her out, man. They it was not fucking Sabine. And it was it's Sabine's fault. Right. She set well, the tone for all the wolves. And then they, like, also slut shamed her. Like the other thing told is her that not to show up anywhere. Bryce's phone ended up getting hacked, and that's how all the text messages from that night were released to the public. So she had to like get rid of her social media profiles. Because, like, everybody knew what happened. Yeah, you learn later that that they made a song about it, about, like, the tech, like, a a whole meme. She can't even go to the bakery and get cupcakes without being slut-shamed. So it's really tough for her out there. And so the fact that she can't pay respects to her friends in, you know, the the customary way is also heartbreaking. So I just want to talk quickly about this because you're like, what is a sailing? That sounds like a peaceful thing. Um, A sailing... One of the districts in Crescent City is called the Bone Quarter, I think. And the custom funeral traditions in Crescent City are – So one of the sailing traditions, the customary things that you do when there's a funeral is you put the coffin on a boat and you sail it across the river to face judgment. So if you're found worthy and you've lived a good life and you travel on your way to the Bone Quarter and live out your eternity there. Doing what? I don't really know. Um, and if you are not found worthy, the boat tips over and you become fish food. So that is very, very not the outcome you want. <laughs> you want to make sure that you get across. So it, everyone traditionally comes off to see the sailing to make sure that our person travels safely to the bone quarter. Um, so because she was not allowed to go there, Bryce decided to pay her respects in another way. And this is all mysterious too. But she makes her way to the bone, the bone quarter to meet with the under king after paying a mysterious price uh, for a request that we don't know what it is. Um, spoiler alert, because I'm not going to mention it later because too much shit happens at the end. But she had made a request to make sure that she traded her <laughs> space to ask the under king. She wasn't sure, basically, that Danica would make it what? across the river. And so she said, if you ensure that Danica makes it across the river, I'll give up my space to make sure that she gets the proper send-off because, you know, she got, didn't get to live her life. And yeah, so Bryce was afraid, yeah, Danica wouldn't make it. So she bargained yep. with the under king. We all know what happens with bargains. It doesn't really work well for these people. Shouldn't do them. Shouldn't do them. Alice told us. I was about to say, you better <laughs> listen to tree bark fake. <laughs> Groot, Groot over there is what I thought she was. But yes, so we find out that a little later. It's fine. I'll tell you now. Um, but basically, at this point, everyone is still under the impression that Philip Briggs, who originally got out the night that Danica was murdered, is behind all of this. The demon, they're kind of like, yeah, that was a weird coincidence. He summoned he it. Summoned with black it. Salt. Right. He, they think he summoned it because when he was originally re- arrested, there was some traces of salt. Like they, they had a case. It wasn't airtight, but like they had something to go on, and so that's and they had to pin it on someone. So they pinned it on Philip Briggs. Um, and that's where we're going to wrap up part one. You guys still with us, I hope. <laughs> I hope you made it yeah. this far into Crescent City with us as we had to describe everything because everything happened. I want to say that I wish I had a friend like Bryce. 
I know. Yeah. She's like hardcore. She's a real OG. Hard, like a real OG. Like I have some good friends, but I don't think they're going to go travel through the underworld and make a bargain with the devil or whatever Thunder King is to save me a spot. Yeah. I'm- to take my – to take – to give up their spot for me. Also, I mean, maybe not Bryce's like smartest move thinking because like she was alongside Danica for probably all the shit that she did that she thinks would make her worthy. So like, Bryce, did you think you actually had a shot also? You know? I think like, it's mostly for the way that Danica died. Yes, yes. Because it was considered un- no, unhonorable. Yes. But you know, Bryce has a big secret and that holds a lot of sway. It does. It does. Um, they make it seem like it's such a huge deal. Like, I think. I think so there's more She blinded a seer. They all think this yes. power is amazing. So that is what basically happens in, I don't know, <laughs> the first 20% of the book. Not at, even, like, the first five. I think it at nine. After nine, I think, is when this happens. But very early on, all of this happens. And sets the tone and the adventures that everyone else goes on after this. They're all trying to solve the murder because we all know it ain't Philip Briggs. And we're just trying to figure out who it actually is. A good whodunit. A good old-fashioned whodunit with lots of flesh ribbons that people are just being turned into. So when we'll catch you guys next, we'll be covering part two, which is what we were calling ADD after Danica's death, which happens about <laughs> two years after all of this has coincided. Um, we'll catch you guys up with a quick reminder. Here's where we're at. And then we're going to dive on into it next time. So before we go, any thoughts on what we've covered so far, guys? I wish I had your intro to the hierarchies and the peoples bef- as I was reading the book, because that helped clear up a lot for me. It, it, it did. And it wasn't like... This isn't when you break it down like that, you're like, oh, this makes sense. But to yeah. read it and internalize it with all these other things, it was you got it really piecemeal in this book, so it was hard to understand what was going on. I'm going to petition her to add this as a graphic in some sort of way at the beginning of the book, the way Katie Roberts has her little 13 circles yes. and how they're all related to each other. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. I also stand by normalizing the recaps at the front. Um, I think it was Demon Witch, Demon. Trials? The demon witch. Witch trials. I think they did that, which I really liked. Demon queen. Demon Demon queen. There we go. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, previously on, blah, 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 blah. It's so helpful. So we'll try to give you a previously on, Book Talk Made Me. We'll tell you where we wrapped off and then dive into the meat and potatoes of what happens in this book. Um, we also want to thank you guys for joining us. Of course, before we wrap up, we love hearing from you guys. So if you've loved hearing what you heard, you are just as excited for us to dive into this with Bridget. Hop on over to us on Instagram <laughs> and you can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod. And if you are feeling very charitable, you can give us a rating review. We appreciate that on Apple. Also tell your friends about this. Tell- and answer our questions on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify people, we see you, we love you. We know you're there. Stop by and say hi. All right, guys, that is it for us tonight on part one of Crescent City 1, House of Earth and... And blood. Earth and blood? Yeah, I was mixing it too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, I'm already confused, and I was the one explaining it. But we're wrapping up for tonight, so we'll catch you guys next time on part two. Bye. Bye. Bye.